So at Gen Con, uh, we, we got to watch the Ennies. And one of the products that was nominated for best cover art was this product that we're going to talk a little bit about tonight. Um, it is a 5e product, which I know a lot of folks were going to be like, Doug, you don't play a whole lot of 5e. You know, we're, it's kind of odd to have 5e, you know, content on, on the show. I don't usually have a whole lot of it, but I am a huge sci-fi nerd and I really dig this product. I love products that are high quality, just and the setting just grabs me. So I'm super, super stoked for, for, uh, for, for, uh, I believe it's pronounced Athera and uh, all the things that the, the Alchemy team are doing and they're collaborating with Hitpoint Press, which again is a, is a phenomenal uh, publisher. So we're going to talk about Athera and all the things that Alchemy are doing to support this game, this line. And of course, if you're interested in anything that we're talking about, uh, feel free to check out the Kickstarter that's going on right now. The link is in the description of this video. It is already well-funded. It's going towards stretch goals. As you can see, there's over 800 folks that have already backed this. It's got quite a bit of time still left on the Kickstarter. So I'm gonna tell you to go check it out. If you are a 5e player, or even if you're not, go check it out because the setting is super, super cool and the art is amazing. And I think you're gonna get some really high quality products as well as a way to play it uh, online on their on their, uh, on their their uh, virtual platform. So without further ado, let's get talking about Ethera Dark Symmetry. Hey everyone, welcome to Victory Conditioning Gaming. My name is Doug. Today on the show, we're talking Ethera with the uh, Alchemy guys. And of course, joining me as a co-host is the one and only Geek of the North, Jason Hunt. Hello. Jason, thank you so much for giving uh, giving us time tonight to uh, talk to the, the crew here from Alchemy and to talk about their, their latest Kickstarter. Uh, I know mm. you're a big fan of their platform, as, as am I. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to, to see this uh, this line for them grow because I'll tell you what, I was, oh, you got and one of their nice number, founder pins. Look at founder that. founder number 409. Nice, <laughs> nice, very cool, very cool. Uh, I'm gonna remind folks that if you are, uh, you know, if you're a fan of Alchemy and all the things that they're doing with their online platform, hit that like button down below, share this video, all that jazz. If you haven't already subscribed, hit the subscribe, you know, all the stuff I'm supposed to say. Let's just get to, the real reason why we're here. And then of course, is to talk to Chris and Asher. Guys, thanks for coming back on the show. I didn't scare you away the last time. <laughs> no, Jason almost did though. <laughs> My he enthusiasm can be a little overwhelming sometimes. <laughs> the geek in the north. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm excited. I, you know, we've gotten to see each other at Gen Con and uh, you actually, uh, Stopped over and, and and handed me off something uh, at at and oh, I, I've been taunting this uh, to, to Jason uh, before <laughs> we went live. Um, this was an amazing set of dice that you sent over to me, and you're like, "Hey, Doug, we, we got this Kickstarter coming. You know, I, I think you're gonna like it. Get what? What? We we knew how much you loved Five E D and D, and like this Doug, is, <laughs> this got Doug written all over it. I, I'm not a. I will I will tell you. I, I I mean I blatantly say I don't play a whole lot of Five E. My friends play Five E, and I'll play Five E with them. But if you have a good product and a cool setting that I want to play in, 
you better believe that I'm picking up your product and I'm, I'm going to play it and I'm going to tell folks to pick it up because, you know, we've seen that with other, other publishers on this show that I featured products of. I'm very, very, very selective on 5e products because mm-hmm. there's just a glut out there. I could have yeah. a whole channel of just 5e products if I wanted to. I am very selective. <laughs> yeah. Right, Jason? I mean, Jason will tell you, <laughs> I'm like, I nitpick a lot of different things. So do we really, yeah, we're pretty, we're pretty picky with, with our 5e stuff as well. If it's like third party, we'll play the classics. You know, I think a lot of that has to do with like making this platform for other people that play D and D and we need to understand like what, what's out there. But, um, but yeah, like, I I don't know, to, to your point, there's just so much out there that it's sometimes a little bit harder to disseminate between a really well done product versus something that, you know, you know, from a certain publisher, you anything you grab is going to be great. Absolutely, and yeah. one of those publishers is Hit Point Press. Yeah, and I because yeah. I've got Humblewood. I love I, I I love what they're doing with free free RPG Day. They put out some quality you know content for that. So when I heard that you you all are, are collaborating with them for this line, I was just like, oh man, how did I miss this originally? And now that I now that I see this Kickstarter is on this you know for this other book, and you can get you know, the existing products as well. Like I hopped on this hard because uh, oh, I just, thank I you. love it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's been, it's been quite a, a, a labor of love. That's for sure. I mean, uh, as you know, we, our primary thing is the platform. And, um, you know, I think early on we had this thought of, we, we're trying to do so many different things with the platform, with transmedia, whether it's motion effects or ambient audio or, We've been playing around with these ideas of like situational music and things like that, that you can mix between different tracks. And we just always ran into these issues of uh, needing to have our own content to experiment with. And so uh, Athera was really uh, this foray into like, let's make our own Super Mario um, for our Nintendo. And um, and so, yeah, it's it's kind of taken on legs of its own and, and become this like series that we're building a small like audience around. And, and they're like, hey, yeah, we're, we're ready for small. Book two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, we humble beginnings. Uh, our, our first campaign, I think there was twelve hundred backers on that. And um, we're excited to watch that community grow because we're not mm-hmm. we're not really spending a whole lot of time on it because. We're putting out this content and then we're focusing on alchemy and growing alchemy and, you know, uh, advertising that and our social media is about alchemy. Um, and so uh, we're, we're excited to see people just kind of grab onto the setting and grab onto the production quality and be like, yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I want to follow that. Yeah. Yeah, it's been really great to, to watch the community grow and see all the backers that we had from um, the Lost Druid come forward, kind of come back out of the woodwork for Dark Symmetry. And um, it's been a lot of fun to step back into the world of content because um, it, it's a it's a mix up for us. You know, I'm looking at numbers for the platform every day and now I get to talk about uh, an underwater city uh, <laughs> with, you know, elves that that have A.I., and uh, it's a, a little bit more entertaining than making sure that my return on ad spend is good in Google ads. <laughs> sure, sure. That is. If you a want real somebody treat. to pay attention to that? Get Doug on board because he likes <laughs> analytics like no one I've ever like, seen. That's, yeah, that's that's. I love. I love the amount of trends. obscure facts he will just. 
spew into our chaotic good chat is amazing some days i'm just like how is this even who even measures this and all of a sudden yeah. there's like screen after screen of stats i, I thought you guys were kindred spirits yeah sure. i was gonna say i've been <laughs> I the past that. few days doing nothing but doing nothing but that for a meeting we had today and uh, i built out a little bi platform for us and they're <laughs> joking about it love it oh man the, the thing the things this guy gets excited about i'm excited about it too because he's showing numbers of how people are using things but yeah it's it's a real treat to be able to pop on and, and talk about like story fronts and like you know uh, antagonists and protagonists and which how the story arc is going to play out you know versus our normal meetings which are always fun because we're talking about product development and, and feature ideas measuring engagement whatever um, so it, it is a real, real left brain, right brain thing for us. Um, sure. It's definitely balancing that. And, and honestly, in so many different ways, uh, even down to like how we structure the business, you know, we've got really two different types of personnel in the business and two different types of people that are working on the, on, on the different things that we're creating. And so it's been really interesting to be a small company and working on two di completely different types of things. Yeah. I, I I love that 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 you're doing that because you know I, we I believe you're the only one that that's doing that in, in this industry. You've got an online platform and then you're creating your own you know publishing arm and 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 you know creating content for that. Super super smart to to kind of just keep people in that whole I don't know that whole ecosphere I guess of of what you're creating and and I think that that's it's it's kind of it's. It is not kind of. It is a really smart, smart move on on your behalf. And I, I'll be curious to see if there's anybody else that follows suit. <laughs> and and also kind of. I mean, we we kind of seen it a little bit with uh, with uh, fandom. Fandom kind of had their yeah. own books and and then created their own. And then of course they just got purchased by Direwolf. But anyway, we're not gonna. We'll, we won't talk about. <laughs> we're them, not here to talk depth. about that. Right, exactly. But yeah. I'm, I'm just. I'm now my now my mind's just going miles a minute. Like oh, I wonder who else could could probably See, do that. But his brain I, goes a mile a minute. Oh, and my does. mouth it goes does. a mile a minute. Exactly. So that's that's why we do. That's why we go well together. <laughs> that's why he's just locked in together. But I mean, I I've said this right along that this whole digital, you know online way of play is the future of 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 this industry and yeah. i think it's super smart that, that uh, you know you're you're realizing this and you're also tapping into the the whole hey we want to create content and we want to make mm -hmm. we do want to put out books but we want to make sure that we have our own kind of setting that people can play on on our platform so yeah i mean when, when we were starting alchemy um we we read the lean startup and the lean startup said the best thing to do to grow your business is to fork it and work on two different things completely opposite of each other. <laughs> and that's what we did. No, uh, that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to focus. <laughs> Usually you, you have, you go towards one goal, but you know, Hey, that, yeah. that's in column B. Please don't do this. It'll go badly. Yeah. Right. Um, but, but no, I was, I was coming from this, this world of Netflix and this idea of disrupting internet TV and, and challenging, uh, TV shows and movies for a new generation of people. And, um, you know, even still we're seeing this very slowly change in Hollywood, how uh, TV shows and movies are made, but also how they're positioned to, um, to people at mass. So for example, we still, we still release television content seasons. Why? Right. Like we don't have like a fall season or a summer season or a spring season, a release cycle for that. 
why are why are episodes still 22 minutes to bake eight minutes of commercials into them you know so it's, right, it was right. netflix saying like let's make our own content so we can kind of break some of these constructs of ancient hollywood and uh start doing things like you know all all at once releases or um you know four like a mini mini series with four movie sized uh you know length shows in this in the set stranger things season four is a great example of this you know yeah, it's absolutely. like four movies basically that that they dropped. As, as someone who grew up in the era of 22 minute shows with commercial airing spots built into them it's still to this day weird to me to watch something like sandman or stranger yeah. things and like i'm 30 minutes in and i'm like it's gonna be over any second right yeah and then another 25 <laughs> sure. minutes go and by and i'm like end. This yeah. is cool. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And and I think that like in TTRPGs, there's there's so many ways that there's so many ways that we can challenge what's out there. I mean, we're we're living in a world that is very much made for physical books. Um, everything that we play online has been retrofitted from an InDesign file. Um, but uh, but but what if we were making it for digital first? And yeah. so I think really what we're trying to do at Alchemy is challenge this notion of creating content for any specific medium and instead creating what I call nucleus content, where it doesn't matter what medium it is. We're creating the content, we're creating the, the titles, and then we decide, you know, if it's uh, VTT or if it's EPUB or if it's physical or if it's a booklet or if it's multiple releases, you know, um, that stuff doesn't really matter. Like what matters and what, 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 what matters to stay focused on is, uh, is the content itself. And then when you're unbounded from those things, you can start thinking about like, hey, maybe our crafting system uh, it introduces different frequencies and tones from music. And you could like, you know, craft an item that can play these four or five different tones. If you're thinking about cardboard, you're not thinking, you know, you're, you're, you're thinking about how do we play these sounds? Like, and you're limiting yourself by that. Instead of yeah. saying like the world is my oyster, any media type is something I can use. Um, then you can do some pretty cool unbounded things. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so that's one thing that really one. shows with the platform. Actually, like having the platform being built digitally, and then looking at the 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 first content set for Lost Druid, it's insane to see how seamlessly integrated everything is and how well it works together. Compared to a lot of platforms where it's like, oh, hey, if you want to you want to put a text text thing on the screen, well, we copy pasted this from a PDF and we put it in here, and mm -hmm. then it's going to be all the format's going to be all janky. So you're going to have to fix yeah. that, and then you then you're going to have to find a way to display it to all your friends. Like even to this day, I have a D and D group that meets every couple of weeks. We still play on Foundry, and my DM is constantly saying, "Hey, look in the Discord. Right. I dropped something in the Discord." Mm -hmm. So having something like Alchemy out there where it's literally just, hey, show handout to players, click, poof, up and mm -hmm. pops. It's gorgeous. It's seamless. Everyone gets to read it and they can actually keep it if they want to. Yeah. Like just the little, it's the little things like that. Like, and not like not even including the, the way the, the way all the backgrounds can be animated and the music can blend in with everything. Just, you can tell that it was designed with that in mind because it's so easy to read. It's easy to scroll through. It's easy to mm -hmm. click through. There's links everywhere yeah the, the only content that i've seen that does this in a any even close to that level was dnd beyond right mm -hmm. with, with its books where you could click on anything and it would take you to another page yeah but even yeah. that fails a lot of the time 
Mm-hmm. Uh, like you, you, there's lots of times when I'm I'm trying to search for things in that platform, and it just it shows me seven screens of nothing that I wanted to read. <laughs> yeah, and I, I have yet to have that happen with any content for the Lost Druid at all. Well, I, you know, I'm I'm hopeful that this is something that um, that Wizards of the Coast is working towards this idea of nucleus content where they're not bound by books or D&D Beyond or, or any of the mediums in which they out, they output it because the customers aren't concerned with that. Customers want content and they want it to seamlessly load into the places that they enjoy and consume that content. And I think that with, um, what is it, uh, D&D One uh, and, and this new distribution model of, of digital, uh, thinking about digital from, from the get-go, I'm hopeful that we, we're going to have more seamless integrations like that with the, the virtual play environments that we're playing on. Um, so that's really heartening for me to see. But, you know, I think one of the things I think about a lot in this community is what about everybody else? Like there's wizards and they've got all this money and they've got all of this, uh, I should have said money, but like resources, you know, all, all these, this I mean, big team. Doesn't um, say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they do have money. They got right. a little bit of money. A little bit. They're, they're, not, they're, yeah. they're, they're not hurting. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's difficult even for like a sizable publisher in the space that's really focused on, you know, creating beautiful books to think about putting their whole catalog into a custom wiki, you know, hiring an engineering team. Oh. <gasps> to build something out that could be that could feel like it was made for digital first versus sure. retrofitted and you can tell when something has been retrofitted easily yeah it is so unfortunately obvious like i have i have lots of pds for lots of games i, I buy the physical copy and i and then i get, end up with the digital copy even if i have to buy them twice sometimes yeah. i do it but there's so many pdfs out there that are terribly formatted that have no index that have no searchability like and it is a slog because some of these books, because RPG books tend to be prolifically large, unfortunately, <laughs> in a lot of cases, trying to search for things is just a nightmare. So yeah. like having something designed from the ground up to be digital, it shows in every aspect. Right. Yeah. I would love for Alchemy and many other digital platforms to come together and just kill the PDF. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, honestly. Right. Or if somebody could develop a PDF converter that would make it like that would index things for you, that would that person would be a billionaire. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh it's like it's like TTRPGs in in like the real estate market that keep PDFs afloat. You know, it's yeah. Like, yeah. exactly. It's, yeah, it's pretty yeah. wild. But um, I I think that's I mean not to get on too much of a tangent, but that's one of the big things that I'm excited about with Alchemy is the opportunity of creating a universal marketplace for TTRPGs where regardless of format you can go to this one place and purchase anything you want for any format you want so i know this is probably more of like a multiple year goal or strategy but i'd love for people to go to to alchemy um click on humblewood and either buy the game module buy the pdf or buy the book or buy it all as a bundle because let's be real like i've got a stack of books on my desk right now because i love books when i'm reading them by myself Um, when I'm playing with other people and I need to reference rules and click around in an, in an outline, um, I'm certainly playing on alchemy, uh, because that's what it's designed for. Yeah. But, uh, so, I mean, I, I love that idea of like, just throwing out this idea of go to Amazon for your physicals, go to one bookshelf for your PDFs, go to the, the virtual tabletop for, you know, that, that side of it 
and just, hey, I like Humblewood or I like Alien. I'm going to go get Alien. Well, yeah. it, it's just like any, any kind of, you know, w- when you're doing a point of sale, you know, transaction, you know, you want to capitalize on that one transaction as much as you can. Yeah. Once you start segmenting it and making somebody go here for this yep. and then here for you this, you lose people fast. You lose a, lot, a large part of your sale. Yep. So it, mm-hmm. it only would benefit publishers and, and, and designers and everything to, to kind of have a one stop shop to, to get everything all at once but i've actually done that myself where i've gone to a website and it's like hey you can buy the physical copy here okay cool and then it's like oh well click onto our electronic side store to buy the pdf i'm like no <laughs> yeah like if you're not going to make this easy for me i'm not going to give you my money that's just the way it works right like, yeah that's i mean if you're i don't mind if it's like hey you know buy, you buy the physical copy and we'll send you an email with a link to click on to get your pdf that's fine i don't mind mm-hmm. that but if I have to click into another checkout screen to buy your PDF, no, sir. Right. Sorry. See, <laughs> not I, unless this is the best game I have literally ever played. Yeah. <laughs> it's my catcher in the rye. I want it in every yeah, format. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I have done that. I have done that. I have several yeah. games where I have multiple <laughs> formats for multiple systems uh, on multiple platforms. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm that guy. I'm that guy where if I'm a fan of your stuff, I will buy it wherever I can find it. Well, Jason, you'll be happy to know we we do have alternate covers uh, available on the Kickstarter for Lore of Athena, I already Dark bought them. <laughs> Let's, we we, we we're, we're, we're talking about why we're here. Yeah, 21 <laughs> minutes in. Let's let's talk about why we're all let's here. Talk about why we're actually oh, here? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this Kickstarter for the second book of the because I'll tell you what at the Ennies and at Gen Con. All I heard was how amazing the quality of the book was, how great the the first book was, and so I I really felt like I met I, I missed out. I left Gen Con feeling like, oh man, these guys are making some cool stuff, and I didn't even know that they were putting out this really cool, you know, five E setting in an adventure, uh, you know, saga. Like, I I kind of want to find a copy of that. And now you, then you're like, and then Ash was like, well, we got a Kickstarter coming up in you know a few weeks. I'm like, oh okay, well I'll just jump on that. So can you tell us a little bit about what this Kickstarter is is funding and what you're what 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 you're trying to do with it? I w- I'm going to hand this to Asher because this is this has really been Asher's brainchild for the last several months. And man, this guy's done such an amazing job. I don't know if you if you all have ever done a Kickstarter, but it is it's a lot of work. It's, it's so tough. much work. Um, on top of that, running a business for this this digital platform. On top of that building a, a creative team around it who are actually going to write it, illustrate it, edit it, game design it. And that's really been uh, Asher. And so, I mean, I, when, when this happened, I was like, Asher, what are we doing? Like, tell me what graphics I need to make. And <laughs> so, Asher, what, what do we have here? What, what, what oh, do we got going on? God, that was a huge buildup. Let's see if I can deliver <laughs> Uh, no pressure. I think though. I think yeah, actually no. we we probably blacked this out of our memory because we stayed yeah. up for like a collective two days straight oh on a God. call and put this together. Yeah, I got two hours of sleep and Chris didn't sleep the night before this Kickstarter went live. Oh <laughs> yeah. So um Lore of Athera Dark Symmetry is the second book in the Lore of Athera series. Um it is science fantasy, uh, and it's set in this is a setting and adventure and what we really wanted to create was 
something very open world. So our first book, uh, The Lost Druid, um, this is the one that that uh, yeah. they got nominated for the any cover. It's a nice little soft touch. Uh, mm-hmm. I love holding this book. And I'm a little biased, but I do love it. Um, <laughs> the uh, the first book was a pretty straightforward adventure set in the city of Fano um, in the middle of a lake. Um, and without giving anything away, um, it takes you through that city. You're on a you're on a mission to find the lost druid. Um, once we move over to Dark Symmetry, you are in the underwater city of Chrysalia. So it's been cut off from the rest of civilization for a thousand years. It is full of, it's, it's a technocracy that is hell bent on this idea of continual scientific progress. Um, and it's, it's a, a, technocracy and a meritocracy in a lot of ways because it, it is all about what you can provide in terms of scientific innovation to the to the society um, but there's a lot of really kind of strange things happening there are a lot of rumors um, there's a lot of civil unrest um, surrounding a lot of this scientific progress and so we're really excited about it we've unlocked the stretch goal for all of the subclasses and player background options so we will have 12 subclasses for it. Player options and backgrounds will have um, ether crafting. So this whole kind of setting focuses around um, this sort of element that you learn a lot more about in the campaign setting uh, called ether. And it is the sort of primary driver of technology in Chrysalia. And it is um, almost magic. Um, and so there's a lot that has to do with that in the book and the adventure itself is kind of engineered to be open world kind of uh strad like if you will Um, you're able to sort of navigate through each of these individual habitats because if you saw in that setting picture um that was up a moment ago there's this sort of large dome city in the middle and then there are little um, habitats surrounding it. And each of those is a part of the city, but it is, um, it, they, they each have their own personality, their own, um, their own goals, their own drivers, uh, and their own machinations. Um, it is, if you are a horror fan, there are a non-trivial amount of sort of like horror elements, like sci-fi type horror um, there's some really kind of strange things happening with the technology. Um, there may or may not be, you know, an AI that's gone rogue. There may or may not be weird experiments happening in other places. And um, it's it should be a lot of fun for people to kind of uncover those secrets um, in their own way or in the adventure itself. And so um, it's a really great follow up to The Lost Druid. Um, and we have the Nova Rail. You can get the PDF of this for free uh, on the Kickstarter page. Uh, and it is a 
Um, I love this art that we had done. Shout out to uh, to our, our cover artist for everything, Jeff Langevin. Of course, I grabbed like the rattiest version that I had. <laughs> it's like a box full of garbage next to it. I got an arm's reach for me, and I just grabbed the dirty one that's on my desk. Forgive the potential coffee stains. Uh, <laughs> but um, that PDF uh, also has, like, there's, um, it, it has a full adventure in and of itself. Um, and there's voiceover that goes with it. There's music awesome. that goes with it. Um, and it's also on the Al- Alchemy platform, of course. And so from a <laughs> rewards perspective, you know, we have, when we released The Lost Druid, um, it, was a, it was a great Kickstarter. We had a lot of fun. It was a great book to make. Um, it was smaller than this one will be. So we surpassed our funding goal in three days um, with Dark Symmetry. So we beat the funding of... The Lost Druid. Awesome. Um, three days after we started Dark Symmetry. Yeah. So huge success in that way. Um, and we wanted to make sure that um, people who aren't familiar with The Lost Druid, because, you know, we're a small company, like five people had something to do with that book and they were all outsiders to the industry. So we wanted to make sure that people that weren't familiar with The Lost Druid could back um, in Dark Symmetry and get, you know, everything there was to offer. So from a rewards perspective, we've got a bunch of dark symmetry stuff. We'll share all that, but I actually have most of the lost Druid stuff literally sitting right in front of me. So nice. We've got the book and we have this in a standard cover and a limited edition cover. We've got the dice that Doug, Doug showed off recently. Uh, can, can you Sharp open those up? Let's, let's, yeah, let's do just, not uh, open that box. Oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> like, I, I nice. these, oh my god, oh. these are these are amazing. <clears throat> who who made these? I mean, by the way, Cerebris. Uh, I can never say it. Cerebris. The, Cerebris. You know, the yeah, <laughs> they're amazing. Yeah. So, hand polish, sharp edge, um, sharp edge. I'm gonna resin, beat you right? up if I find you for those dice. Just just so you know. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You're not gonna I see it coming. Will. It's just gonna be you're gonna get tackled, and then there's gonna be no dice. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you come to Game Bowl Con. Uh, well, I mean, I, I backed at the Openda level, so I'm getting them anyway. But right. I mean, if you're going to wave dice in front of me, I'm going to take them. Yeah. <laughs> and we've also got them for Dark Symmetry, too. So the Lost Druid oh, has that. For blue oh, aesthetic. those are. Oh, look at that. Shiny Math Rocks. Yeah. 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 So we're pretty excited about that. And Chris. I mean, I love music. Who doesn't love music? But Chris is an insane music nerd. Um, and uh, and so we also are one of the few people who make vinyl for our books. So That's you'll be able to grab this vinyl, and it's hand-splattered. The You can see some of the striations in the art, which I really think is uh, in the disc, which I think is pretty rad. Um, so cool. This is actually two disc, um, and Chris can get really nerdy with it, but it's two disc, 180 gram vinyl, 33 RPM. You're doing great, man. Look at you. Uh, And we are doing the same thing um, with Dark Symmetry, with kind of a red color scheme. Uh, to match the match everything I like everything i love that that's a thing i don't own a record player but i love that this is a thing that people are doing oh yeah more, yeah. more commonly yeah. now it's just such a neat little thing you yeah. know when, back when music was physical it was so fun to collect it even if you didn't mm-hmm. listen to it all the time to have oh, yeah. a cd collection with the liner notes and that was one of the things we were so excited about with our with our records is is 
they're double gatefold. So they actually, they open up and you got your two discs that slide in, but there's also an insert that slides out and it's eight pages. And so we were like, hmm, there's no lyrics to our music. There's no like band photos. Like what, what should we put in this, <laughs> um, in these liner notes? And so uh, we came up with this idea, uh, Jesse Rabordi, the creator of Athera and, and, and us, we came up with this idea of doing what we call Nocturne Variation. And it's a guide to a fine Atheran instrumentation. So inside are eight different magic items that are, that are fully mechanized for 5e, but they're musical instruments within the world of Athera. And so inside there's sort of these Da Vinci type drawings of like schematics and things for instruments like the Dusty Holland, um, which are, you know, fictitious instruments that we've created. Um, and it's just a really cool like insert that's like, you know, brings you back to the gaming aspect of it. Um, but for us, you know, we, the, 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 the books are a physical analog for the content we're creating. And in that same way, the music is just as important. I mean, there's over, over two hours of music, as much wow. as you could fit on a double, double disc, um, you know, vinyl. Um, but uh, yeah, the, we've, we've created so much music for both the Lost Druid. We're creating just as much for Dark Symmetry. And, you know, our, our uh, uh, kind of creative mind behind all this, Jesse, he is, he is um, he's a composer and a screenwriter. He had never actually created uh, any content for tabletop role-playing games, never really played tabletop role-playing games at all. And that was kind of a, this intentional choice from the beginning was uh, I had toured in, in bands with Jesse and we'd kind of met many, many years ago playing, playing in bands together. And he was just the most creative guy that I'd, I'd ever met and still is really. Uh, I remember at night on the tour bus, he would tell the craziest like completely false stories um, and just have people like eating out of the palm of his hand. He was a great storyteller. And I was like, oh man, I, I, I need a storyteller. I need someone who knows this stuff. And, I, and Jesse was so great because he writes and then he writes music and then he writes music that he writes to. And it kind of goes back and forth and he inspires himself in, in a way. And it creates this really interesting symbiosis of like music and, and writing and music and writing. And, um, and that was just perfect for the transmedia environment of alchemy to, to integrate music and in, in, in the writing. So anyway, huge part of what we do is the music. Yeah. Absolutely hilarious to me how quickly we are running in opposite directions. We've got this digital platform that is exposed <laughs> and is really forward thinking. And we have hand pressed vinyl. I yeah. mean, <laughs> you know, it's just a cool thing though. I mean, it is, it's a cool thing. It really it is. Is, yeah. You know what it does is, is it, it shows that you know your audience, mm. you know, because like that's a thing right now with with the tabletop RPG like segment. Like a lot of them are really into vinyl, and like it just it just from it's made not a only, massive not, comeback actually it, in recent years. Is. And oh. and and so like it's it's not. I mean, in in the way that you've been able to kind of take that and then form that into your whole product line and tie it into everything. I think that's, that's genius. I, I, the I, number yeah. of older people that I know that swear to this day, that vinyl still sounds better than any other <laughs> source of mis it's Man, so warm, Jason. It's so warm. <laughs> oh, I'm not good. I'm not arguing. I had I had a record player. I I had all kinds of albums as a kid. I'm that old. So, I mean, right. I can't, I'm, I just, I find CD quality, I think is honestly a little better. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't hear the difference. I really don't. Nothing will nothing will beat putting that CD into your Honda Civic and, and you know, <laughs> rolling the windows down. 
I don't know, smoking a cigarette or something at like 18 years old. <laughs> I, I, I grew up in eight track land. So there you go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I had the, I had the, uh, the cassette tape deck that you had to like put, you, you put the, like the adapter oh, into the, the cassette yeah, deck the yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. to play the, the CD wire. player in your yep. car. Yeah. That's, that's, that's weird. That was I my... still don't know how that works. That is yeah. a weird piece of machinery. <laughs> it's magic, but a pretty ingenious piece of technology. Right. It's oh, yeah. science oh, and yeah. magic together. There you go. Yeah. I had one of those that plugged into a discman, and then you pop that discman, and yep. mm-hmm. just try not to hit any speed bumps. And you're yeah, be good. because it only had like four times oversampling, and it would skip. And... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think what it is. I think what it is with our stuff, though, like the common thread between you got digital over here and then vinyl way over here and dice, is that um, we like making cool shit. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, high, high yeah. quality. Like, I mean, right. To that's, the point that's where it makes a huge difference when you're doing quality. You, you can make accessories. Anyone can make an accessory. Yeah. It has to be quality. Right. And this goes back to my original, my my original statement. Like, I'm very selective on fi- and like, this is cool stuff. Mm. stuff. So, yeah, mm. cool stuff. Like, if you're looking for cool five E content. Like, I don't think you get much cooler than this stuff. Honestly, I have not yet seen a setting that had science and technology meshed together so well at the core of the world building. Because, like, most mortars often you see, like, uh, people with artificers in their campaigns, like, oh, yeah. well, we there's this kingdom off in the far west, east, south, north, whatever direction, underground, I don't care. Um, isolated from the world, and artificers suddenly start appearing everywhere. And I'm like, that is... That- not entirely impossible but it's really kind of cheap so (laughs) having it right out of the gate like and everyone knows about it it's not a state secret you know like Mm. it's not completely unknown to the world it's a normal everyday thing and having it baked in from the beginning of the setting is one of the reasons why i backed this at the level that i did to get the original Mm. content as well like i mean i already have it all in alchemy but right uh having having that already set up like that so the dm doesn't have to do any work mm-hmm. you know it's like why how did how did this guy manage to get into this world like there's is there any reason why he should be here like no but i mean with with this world you don't have to worry about any of that like yeah you can just and, see him on the street corner whatever who cares and, and that that well i think what you're explaining is is really interesting because man when we started working on this especially uh without game designers who are veterans in the space creating tabletop games it is very difficult to write a story where your main uh protagonist is someone that hasn't rolled a character yet <laughs> you know <laughs> you're, you're building this open-ended story that has to be able to go in many different directions and you know i i had developed a completely new respect and understanding for narrative designers and people that design uh, or write stories for video games and things like that because in every every you know different nexus, there's five different directions. If it's a good game, um, that the players could go. The players could be the go the bad way or the good way. They can be the heroes or the villains. And and you know uh, and and you have to provide enough for the game master to be able to take that and run with it in that direction. And and that was something that I think we were still really trying to figure out with the Lost Druid and. And so in a lot of ways, that, that, is, that is a very linear story. Um, uh, and then we kind of solved that by putting, you know, we put a ton of extra lore and content in the back of that book, like 
different side quests that you can that you can plant in the world and spin off on. Uh, found in-world lore books that you can find in a bookshop and and QR code to your players, and they could read it between game nights. That really just helped bring more color That's to the cool. world. But I, with dark. I- first time that happened i was just like ah. <laughs> that's so cool skyrim like i mean i love the yeah. idea that in skyrim I, I find a book and i'm sitting yep. there like an hour later reading hello book in the game. <laughs> <laughs> i'm the guy trooping around through world of warcraft who's like oh a book yeah Pause. the yeah. whole like i'm like i'm with like five other people in a group no 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 hang on is that guy <laughs> afk no he's reading a book <laughs> <laughs> then like six weeks later i'm like i know the lore of this place i'm going to explain it to you all in very great detail while you're not even paying attention <laughs> i'm that right. guy this right here i'm that guy <laughs> yeah i mean then then this is for you for sure and because i mean that's i think that's what's really different about lore of athera is that it is so lore rich and yeah and that was really what we wanted to do was uh you know create um a massive open world without without starting with the encyclopedia yeah when people create these games they'll they'll say okay well the first thing we're going to put in the book is the theocracy and Mm -hmm. the um you know the system of governance and these are all the animals and this is the floor and 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 you know what happens people are like flip 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 yeah oh (laughs) this is the good stuff finally yeah Versus like, how did you learn about, you know, all of the different, uh, you know, constructs of Lord of the Rings? Like you started with The Hobbit and you just started mm-hmm. reading the story about Bilbo and and discovering everything about elves and and the world of men and, and Middle Earth and all that stuff by the story. Yeah. And and so The Lost Druid, I think the setting content is like five pages in the beginning. It's just barely enough to get you oriented to the to the geography and the constructs. Um and then the rest of it, it just explores story. And I, and I think that we're, we're trying to balance that out a little bit more with Chrysalia in the second book. We're going to do um, like one third of it will be setting information. Um, but that's just because this is going to be more open world. Like Asher mm-hmm. was saying, um, akin to Strahd, like Strahd's one of my favorite adventures because, you know, you get, whisk, you get whisked away to Barovia through the mist and you're in this place, and if you want to, you can march your way right up to Castle Ravenloft and, and challenge Strahd to a duel. As a level five, you know, D&D guy, you're going to A level die. five dead man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, then, uh, but, but you have that optionality, and I think that that makes the world so real, and it puts so much skin on it. And so um, I've always really loved that about Strahd, that, that um, yeah. you know... Anytime your player's realize they're not on rails is a yeah. good time oh yeah, yeah. absolutely absolutely totally. yeah yeah so let's talk a little bit about the the books themselves how big they're going to be um you've already got the first one so you can tell you, you have a definite page count for 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 the first book um he's looking yeah <laughs> i didn't have to look it's 264 pages i was gonna, say, I, I was gonna <laughs> say there's no way you don't know how big that book is <laughs> That, that, it's two hundred sixty-four pages. That's the a next good size book. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We're planning on the next one being around three hundred. Um, wow. I mean, with the Lost Druid, we said it was going to be two hundred, and it was two sixty-four. We'll see if we're any better at estimating this time around. I have a sneaking suspicion <laughs> we will not be. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it depends on stretch goals too, right? Pages. It does, yeah, definitely yeah. on stretch goals for stretch, sure. Stretch goals, or stretch goals, especially with role playing supplements. Stretch goals is what always makes your book bigger. True. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, the, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just gonna say, speaking of stretch goals, um, I'm a big fan of like, and and 
and I apologize ahead of time to Asher for this, but like, I'm a big fan of getting on, like getting online and talking about all of our secrets and all the things that we really want to do. If we hit certain stretch goals, things like that and committing us to things before we can actually do them. <laughs> sure. But one of the, the, there's a stretch goal on here. Asher and I came up with this idea when we were thinking about creating special editions of the book, because this was something that we had never done before because we created our standard edition as a special edition, as a ribbon bookmark, as 80 pounds silk coated paper. It's got laminate soft touch vinyl with UV spot gloss and gold foil inlay, all the things that you would see in, in a special edition cover. And so I was like, man, I really don't want to do just an alternate cover that's like, you know, a gold stamp on it or something, but it's all the same guts on the inside. And Asher is Brad from Monetization and Brad saying, um, dude, people buy, <laughs> people buy the alternate covers. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, uh, like, I'm a person that does that. It's not like yeah. I hate what like, <laughs> People. Yeah, I mean, I if you have, want to see two guilty people, they're sitting right above you on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> I have yeah, there you go. Yep, I got that. I got that. Main book. If uh, there is a fancy cover option, I am signing on the dotted line. Okay, so so with that, you know, you got the new cover, but the inside is the same. And I was like, actually, mm -hmm. you know, what we should do, we should do something that's just a completely new edition of the book. So we have this stretch goal. I forget what number it's at and we might hit it or we might be trending towards it. But the idea is dark. It, the idea is dark mode um, where basically the inside of the book would all be completely reverse type. So instead of white pages with black text, it would all be black pages Ooh. with white text and oh completely God. like stealth moded out. Um, sort of like the alien RPG books, actually. Almost yes. A little bit. Yes. Yeah. There's so much black ink went to the printers. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very, 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 very. They even smell different because there's just so much ink. Oh, absolutely. I was going to mention that. So I mean, if you do that, you're going to have to like leave them out and, and make sure, you know, <laughs> don't put them all in your office at one time because... Don't uh, read this book in a closed room. Otherwise, yeah. you're going to end up on the floor. Right. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm like the black on black, everything dark. I just love... Like I love spot gloss and, and this idea of, of everything on my screens being dark. And, and I love, I love picking up a really well-designed book with great pages like alien and thumbing through it. It's just so moody, you know, mm. especially for that artwork, that artwork just pops off. Uh, and so, um, so I was like, oh, we should do that. And Ash was like, yeah, we should do that. And we're going to gild the pages to be uh, the color that matches, but Anyway, I, I'm really hopeful that we hit that stretch goal. I think dark mode for your for the book would be that something would be that would be sweet. really cool for people. Not not to sidetrack, but Steam StreamYard, are you listening? Give me a freaking dark mode for this thing. <laughs> All of this white screen garbage yeah. is not good. <laughs> it's lighting up the face, which I guess is yeah. good, but like man. Well, that's the thing. If I click away from the screen, it literally changes the light on my face. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um speaking of art, like you, you the, the art and in, in that you have going on is also very very incredible and, and tremendous and do we let's can we give a shout out to the artists or art, artists yes, if there, there's multiple uh, to look you know because I think I feel like artists in general with tabletop RPGs are very under under uh, appreciated yeah. underrepresented like, that's for and, sure yeah. yeah exactly and 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 to be honest with you that that sells a lot of books you know the, the quality of the art yep. so that's a great this point. is right up there so. Uh, do you, you want to uh, acknowledge your, your artists that you've worked yeah. on or you're working with with this project? 
So um, we we worked a lot with with this guy um, for the Lost Druid as well. So he's kind of helped us really envision the world of Athera. But his name is Stu Harrington. And Stu is um, one of the lead artists at High Res Studios. They make the game Smite. So oh, he does okay, a lot yeah. of the Smite That's splash cool. art. Yeah, and, and it, I, really it was when I was like learning how to art direct, man, I think I sent 150 emails pissed a lot of people off because i was just trying to figure out how to like why is this guy writing us so hard (laughs) exactly like he wants it tomorrow for 150 dollars. this is a you know an environment you know uh so yeah i was i was learning the ropes and and finding Stu was so incredible because uh Stu helped me learn and he he kind of helped me understand the difference between character art environmental art creating art for uh, MoGraphs or, you know, motion graphics at the end where we actually animate everything. Um, and so Stu has been amazing at that. And, and he's done all of our characters. He's done, uh, now he does a lot of our environments as well. And uh, whether he's the original artist or not, he's, everything's going through him. And so he ha- he's actually making a consistent look and feel for everything. Cool. So Stu is our art director. But one of the interesting things, uh, we hired uh, Leon Tucker, uh, to do our environments. And he did a lot of our environments in our, in our last book as well. But Leon is, is interesting because he does everything in Blender as a base. So everything is done in, in 3D. And then he will uh, create a full like three-dimensional world in VR, yeah. which is really interesting that, that you is. can kind of go in and, and, and model. And then he'll uh, like freeze frame things or screenshot things. And then he'll do paint overs on it. So hmm. for the neat idea. Cool. Yeah. So for the world of Chrysalia, we have a 3D model of the entire city, uh, which is really, really impressive. Wow. It's huge. And so um, and so at this Weekend point, has? Maybe. Yeah. Actually, we should mm-hmm. STL this or something, right? <laughs> yeah. You should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that idea. Maybe, maybe yeah, we should. We should. <laughs> so so yeah, um, so so Leon has created the city. We so we have the ability now from any angle, any portion of the city we want, we can kind of capture that, and then we'll take that. And Stu is often doing these paintovers for us on top of that, which saves an artist a ton of time. Sure. Um, yeah, no kidding. Having to compose or worry about lighting and stuff like that, let the computer do that, and then go in um, and hand paint everything. I, I'm the nerdy GM who would use a 3D representation of of the city that my players are in to describe weather effects and stuff like that yeah. like i'd be like okay i'm gonna look at the city from the northeast you know from this angle at this height at sunset and say okay you can't see in this alley because the right. shadows from the light are obscuring this so yeah. someone could be hiding there that would that would be me that would be my <laughs> that would be my thing <laughs> Yeah, I think that's that's one of the things we're excited about. We've been talking about like playing a little bit more with 3D stuff. Like there are so many STL files that people have on their computer, but you know, and everybody people... has a 3D printer these days. Sure, yeah. Um, but with this book, we've been asking ourselves like, hey, what's what's the one thing we want to do with this book that pushes the platform? Um, and we've been talking a lot about tactical maps and and things like that um, because I, I'm not a huge battle map fan. Um, But I recognize the utility of tactical mode, especially in 5e. It's a war game. Um, Everything is written for 5e or uh, 5 foot squares. Everything's designed Mm -hmm. for 5 foot squares. Yeah. Yeah. 
so we've been talking about this idea of instead of creating battle maps for for everything that are like these big 30 by 30s or something um why don't we create like uh like little terrain packs or prop packs that we can put into a folder for every scene so on alchemy you pop open this scene and then you've got like you know the the portal and the bookshelf and maybe that room that you need that's at the bottom of the, of the basement and you just plop those on uh, on top of your scene just kind of how tactile mode works in alchemy you can kind of place tokens on top of your uh, first person scene there um so that's one of the things we've been talking about doing for for this versus uh creating big battle maps i like that because it's it is it gives something to the people who like tactical combat without forcing a ton of work on you guys. Like you get, you get other platforms like roll 20 and foundry that have ridiculous integration for that sort of thing. And yeah, if you want to get into the crazy deep details of it, you can make a really amazing map, but it's going to take yeah. you a friggin' long time. Yeah. So being able to go into alchemy and say, okay, I don't need to have, you know, the fanciest fancy that ever fancied. I just need a tactical map so I can put tokens on it so that I can show my players roughly where everything is so that because we're using D&D &D rules, they can say, okay, uh, I'm like one turn of movement away from this bad yeah. guy if I want to attack him. So you can, the people that aren't very good with theater of the mind then can look at that map and yeah. say, okay, this makes sense to me now. Because there's always somebody in every group who's like, oh, I thought I was closer or I didn't realize this was here or I would do something differently because I didn't know about XYZ, you know? Yeah. So having a really simple tactical map just to allow you to represent distances and, lo and relative locations is perfect. I don't need anything more than that. Like I have Foundry and I love Foundry and I fool around with Foundry all the time. Yeah. But for me to make a scene in Foundry takes a week. Right. A easy, a week easy. Yeah. If I'm not using someone else's imported map. You're, so, you're, you're opening a can of worms with me right now, Jason. You've said so many, <laughs> there's so many sound bites in there that, that I just want to like highlight. Um, I think early on when we were making Alchemy, not to take this back to Alchemy, but we, uh, the, the idea was theater of the mind. The idea was right. exercise the mind, don't automate it. So don't give me every single square of what I should be yeah. seeing. Yep. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's the game of the imagination. And so exercise that and utilize these different tools to take me to this, this state of deep multisensory immersion. And so, um, so when I think about, when I, when I thought about maps in the beginning, I was like, man, let's get rid of this and, and get people into this immersive state. And I got this feedback once that like really made me stop in my tracks. And it was, you're not creating a very inclusive gaming environment because not everyone is a fantastic storyteller. Not everyone has yeah. this mind that is just yeah. so yeah. high fidelity. And some people just aren't listening when you say stuff like that either. Yeah. Some people need that map. Yeah. And or they need to be able to visualize that that log is there and there's a thing there mm -hmm. and there's that. Yeah. And so it, that's, it, yeah. That's yeah. One of the things I like about your guys' descriptions actually in encounters and stuff like that, when you get into foundry or get into alchemy rather, the encounter descriptions aren't huge. Right. They're, they're three to four lines, sometimes just a tad more. So you're not bombarding people with, oh, you know, the grass is green. This log over here is brown and it's got vines growing yeah. on it. There's something shining through the ceiling. The floor is weird over here. There's a chair this way. There's a hobbit on, the, on a log, whatever. <laughs> you know, by the time people have listened to your whole description, they're like, wait, what was the beginning again? Yeah. Why are we here? So, yeah, just having nice, concise descriptions and then the ability, if you need it, to throw in a tactical map is yeah. great. Yeah, I mean, and, and the idea of doing pieces was actually a, a, a way of, of 
getting around this idea of fog of war or having to do uh, dynamic lighting on a map or to fog a map or to do locked doors and walls, because that's the part that's sometimes really fun to do, uh, but it's a lot of work and you can't do it on the fly. Nope. And so I'm like- And one mistake can screw it up for everyone. Oh, for sure. But I love this idea of being able to drop a room on in, in your theater of the mind platform like Alchemy and then be able to show and hide that room or to be able to say, you know, oh, we're in a town and my players have gone up completely off book as they always do. Um, <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to find in my toy box of goodies, a potion shop or uh, a caravan or a camp. And you can that. pull that out and plop it onto the, onto the tactical and have some yeah. kind of a tactical combat that measures relative distance and orientation, which is all you need. <laughs> and that's where, that's where the that. other virtual tabletops fail hard. There's only a top-down tactical map ever. Yeah. And I've, I, I, my, my D&D group, we do Foundry all the time. And I like it for the combat. I like it for the moving around on the board. But it is pointless otherwise. Mm -hmm. When we get into a role-playing thing, 45, 50 minutes go by and we're all role-playing. And still on my screen is the aftermath of the last combat. We're all, we're all, <laughs> our, all our tokens are just static sitting there. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. This is literally a whole screen while I'm at my computer of nothing that I want to look at. Right. So yeah. in Alchemy, you click off the tactical map and oh, you're back to this nice evocative animated sometimes background with some nice ambiance music playing lightly in the background while you're role playing. That is perfect. I don't, that, it's fun yeah. to look at. Yeah. Asher walked us through a, um, a Coriolis game last night. We just kicked it off and oh, it was so much fun. Like I love that game. Oh, great game. He's a little biased. Fantastic okay. game. Immediately, wildly off book. Awesome. <laughs> no, no that, those yeah. are the best. Yeah. There's, yeah. There is no way to stay on book in Coriolis. There's just no way. Yeah. I, I thought we hit some magic last night. There was some good oh, stuff yeah. in there. Last night, the party just watched 400 hot dogs fly into space <laughs> through a hole in the ship. It was <laughs> I actually giggled to myself this morning in the shower thinking about a hot dog sucking out of a rugby-sized hole in the ship wall and go. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, but but also really intuitive like system. You know, I think we oh, we yeah. um we I, I I spent maybe twenty minutes making actions in alchemy, and I can roll my whole character sheet. I mean, because we don't officially support Coriolis, but we have yeah. a, a basic action system. Yeah, yet, um, and we were able to make that like pretty easily and Asher's been you know pulling in different tables into the handouts and things like that and then on, on the on the baseline you've got a journal and a dice roller and the scenes and the music and all that stuff and it it I didn't feel like we were limited by anything last night it was actually really a cool a cool experience yeah I was only limited by my ability to find a space food court yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where there's a lot of a lot of the people that do virtual tabletop maps for various platforms are coming out now with asset packs yeah which are just images that you can use in your own maps if you want to like they take their own assets that they use to create their maps and say oh you know what people actually want, want these just for their own use so if they want to continue the theme of my map with which has like really weird unique looking walls you can make your own additional map, just drop and drag and drop. You want a wall here, a wall here, a wall here, a door there, a little incline there, whatever. Yeah. You know, that, that sort of thing is really where a lot of 
uh, a lot of virtual tabletops can shine a lot more yeah. is by having just a just like a, just like a, as you would at home. You know, you have your big Tupperware tote full of random monsters totally. because the party's totally. always going to do something weird, and you just oh, I'll just grab this out of here, drop it on there, draw a couple of lines here for them, boom, you're done. Yeah. And it's it lo- still looks good. It's not just you know squiggles on a dry erase board like most right, of us did right. when we were playing old school D anD. d What's you know? funny is that's usually enough, you know, but you don't how need can we... much more. Yeah. We can elevate that to just one more level. Just and... Yeah. Just, a, yeah. Just a get away from the squiggles on the map and actual have actual, you know, tokens, I guess you could call them, but they're all tokens technically. Right. But that is, that is how you keep your players engaged and st- stuff like that. Cause they're going to look at that and be like, Oh, how did you do that? How yeah, did you know we were going magic. here? And and as a DM, you're just like, yeah, boy, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> That's boy. the magic moment for the DM when they're all just like, yes, okay, I've got them now. <laughs> yeah. Anywho. Uh, anyway, we're, we're we're approaching the the hour the the hour mark, and oh, yeah. and I I think I before we started, we said thirty minutes, and we'll, yep. we'll keep this thirty. But of course, you know, we I've got another hour in me. You guys, got I, I know you do, Jason. And, and, and we're going to have to have the guys back on to, to chat again uh, here uh, uh, soon. I'm sure they've got plenty, plenty of other announcements that they've got c- coming up. Uh, you know, even just oh, yeah. with Alchemy and, and uh, not just Lore of Athera. Um, now, I, I, before before we uh, before we sign off, I, I do want to head back to uh, the Kickstarter one more time. Now, the the expected delivery date. Um, is June of next year? Yeah, you got that's, it. That, that's a very short turnaround time. That's 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 and and you think even with the with the stretch goals and all that, uh, that's that's still attainable. Yeah, absolutely. I honestly, um, maybe this is hubris, but uh, <laughs> we got we got book one delivered um, really early and. I am very naturally the type of person who will under promise. I will tell you that I'm an idiot that has no idea what they are doing and just come out of nowhere. And you're like, Oh wow, that guy actually might know. (laughs) And and then you think more highly. So I'm very much a fan (laughs) of, of, um, of under promising and over delivering. And I'm still confident that this will get done June of next year. Too many Kickstarters do it the other way around. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we have an amazing team, and and yeah. that's on the Kickstarter page as well. We've got uh, Amy Vorpal is writing on this. Yes, um, I saw that. Yeah, I, I am a fan. She's a powerhouse of just incredible mm. creativity and ideas. Um, and we've got um, HGT Paladin working on the game design. We've got uh, the the team Another from the person the, I follow. <laughs> yep. Uh, the, the team from the previous book in Jesse Rabordi and Gabe Davis. Um, and I'm, I'm in there messing stuff up and telling people like, Oh, you didn't introduce that to the user yet. So we got to do this and we got to do that and just crushing everybody. Um, and Asher of course is very involved in the production of this as well. So how do you pronounce, I have one question. How the heck do you pronounce, um, Oh, where is his name or their name? I'm not even sure if it's... it's Iron is what you're thinking, probably. Uh, I, I, Iron. No, no. Um, you have a quote from them. Um, oh, in The Lost Druid? Uh, no, no. It's on the Kickstarter page. Oh. It's, oh. it's C-Z-E-P-E-K-U. Oh. and Peku. That's how you say that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Zepeku. 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I have a couple of their map packs actually on Alchemy uh, that I picked up. Awesome. Uh, I, I like the, the way, like, there's the scene map, and mm -hmm. then the top down map is available. And it's oh, actually yeah. just the top down version of the scene map. Yes. That is really cool. I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we actually had those two environments made. Stu made those environments um, for those maps. And um, we, we want to do a whole lot more of those with them as well. But uh, we actually have a couple uh, other creators too we're bringing onto the platform that do that. Um, one artist, uh, Mark Drummond Jay, he does a lot of really fantastical environments um, that match his maps. And um, now that we just recently launched phased maps uh, that allow you to do multiple maps in one scene, uh, we, we're going to be putting that out pretty soon. So uh, that's, that's an exciting one to, to look to look for, but Che and Peku are beautiful people, wonderful human beings that are incredibly talented at making maps. Um, they just launched a new project called Hyperdrive Fleet, which is all spaceships. Yeah, I'm a so big fan good. of that. I, because I, I play a lot of Mothership and stuff like that, so yeah. I, I, I need that. That, that oh, has yeah. to be in my life. <laughs> it's for so sure. good. It's amazing. It's so yeah. annoying that you can never find decent maps for space stuff. Yeah, you oh, know yeah. it's. The, it, there's this, you get like there's you get a couple of people who do it and that's it right yeah. well it's what's it works really cool for alchemy too because it's a spaceship and there's no background so you can just drop it right on top of your scenes yeah so when you go to tactical and alchemy it, it blurs out the scene and you can drop your tactical top down and then um they have the different phases where you can pop the lid off of it essentially and see the cockpit and the different quarters and yeah. then you can go to a different phase where you can go um you know to floor two some of them are animated, which are incredible. There's there's one called, uh, what is it, Asher? Is it Squig, Squiggles Cafe or Squiggies? Squig, Squig, Skegis, Squiggis, something. <laughs> it's like uh, a space diner. Yeah. Nice. Um, it's, yeah, it's it's rad. And there are different phases where uh, they, they'll do like the standard edition and then there's like red alert. Um, so, you know, things are, things are kind of crazy. There's an alarm. Yeah. And then they have this phase that they do for most of their maps called whoops. <laughs> and it's like an exploded ship or this exploded diner. Um, and there's just pieces like floating in space. And I don't know. It's, it's amazing. Check it it's out. Awesome. Yeah. We're, we're trying so hard to like not focus on our Kickstarter. <laughs> Talk about everything else. And Doug's like, yeah, Hey, I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, that's, Hey, Y'all are if doing some can, really cool stuff. You can't have I'll, me on the show and expect to stay on well, target. That's, 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 that's true, too. I, I just blame this guy right here, right? That's, stay that's on target. Yeah. yeah, no. there's no, Targets are for suckers. <laughs> <laughs> but y'all are doing some really cool stuff and, and making some really cool products and, you know, uh, in all sorts of different formats. I, I, I'm going to tell folks that if you haven't already checked out uh, Alchemy, go check it out. I, I think I'm... Put the uh, the link to. Uh, He's to trying their, uh, to end the show. Online, I, I am. I mean, it's, it's we're already like almost uh, an hour and ten minutes. Oh, I know. I now I'm now I'm on a roll, Doug. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guys keep doing it, man. You, you're, yes, you're just please. Crushing it. You're, yeah, you're, I I love seeing people succeed in this industry. I love seeing creative people come in and just. This is the, really this is the cool. probably the best platform that I have seen come out in, in years, like yeah. ever, or ever. Honestly, it's it so is. easy to use and it's so seamless to work with. It's just awesome. Can't recommend it enough. I said this with the, the the last time you were on. I love it when people come in 
and they just want to shake things up and do things new and be like, you know what? I know this is the way it's always been done. Let's do something different. Yeah. And you guys are doing something different as well as just making really high quality stuff. And, and yeah, I can't. Well, it, it means so much to be like seen in that. And, and that sounds such sounds such, so, so weird to say that, but like there are some, we have some really tough days. Today was a tough day. And, and sometimes you, you stop and you say like, you know what, let's not do content or, or let's, uh, Yep. let's just do it let's just put it out the way everyone else did. why are we going such a long way around on this why are we struggling so hard why are we paying so much for that artwork um and it's it's so encouraging to have people see that and say hey i backed the kickstarter and i did it because of this what because of what you're doing um because yeah. you know oftentimes we'll crawl into our heads and be like they don't care they don't care about the yeah. real bookmark <laughs> or the, you know the design there I mean, I, I, I've been doing this for, for what, five, six years now and, and, and just being a content creator. And, and, and yeah, there are, I mean, I have ups and downs and, and, and I can totally relate to that. There are days where I'm just like, why am I doing, like, I, I'd spend like days on, on a piece of content and like, it just doesn't hit for some reason. And you're yeah. like, why am I doing this? Like, what, just screaming into the void. And, and you know what, you just, what you do is you take that experience and you use it at, and, and, and have it form the next phase of what you're going to do and yeah. figure out, okay, well, this didn't work. Why didn't this work? How is this going to impact and make the next, pro the next thing that we're going to do a success? And yeah. yeah, I mean, we could all go, we could just go in on a whole other hour on just that. Cause I, I love talking about. You know, I told you, I'm good to go, right? man. Yeah. Just let yeah. me know. <laughs> we're here whenever, Doug. Anytime you want to chat, this is right. like right. the one. This is honestly, this is the one interview that I wouldn't have canceled tonight. Everybody, yeah. if it was anybody else, I'd have been like, I'm sorry. Today was a day. I'm not yeah. sure. Uh, I, I greatly appreciate that. I, I know we, we all have days like that. So I, I'm glad that uh, we're all, plus it's just nice to talk with you guys. Like it's good to get your friends together and just chat about so fun it stuff. the spirit, you know? man. Reinvigorates the passion for what we're doing. <laughs> and this is what I tell my friends when we do conventions. Because I have some friends that that, that, that do conventions that are like, oh my God, we're doing another convention. I'm like, dude, <laughs> look look at this. Look, look at where, look at where we're at. Yeah. We're making fun for people. Yeah. Like that's literally our jobs. Mm -hmm. Like we get to create fun for we get to create a way for people to escape their everyday lives for a few hours and just do something different and get out of what they're doing. Like mm -hmm. that's a special place to be like oh, yeah. a bad day doing that. Like, come on, man. Like, like, yeah. you know, I'll it's take, so I'll important. take a bad day over that over a good day sitting in a corporate job, like, you know, behind a screen and desk, <laughs> like having to like deal with your middle management, trying to tell you that you're doing your job wrong. Cause we've yeah. all had those crappy ass jobs. Right. I, I work in an ER, so coming home to stuff like this is literally the best thing ever. Right. Yeah. And, and it, it's, I mean, it's funny you say that because I mean, I think I, I know I definitely went through this thing in my career where I was like, man, I should, I should get out of, I was in music. I should get out of music. I should do something meaningful um, that really, you know, helps people in, in different ways, like an, an ER job. Or at the time I went to go work at Google on search, I was like, man, if someone can, Google how to build a well in, in Uganda. That's that's changing the world. That's doing something amazing. And then um, and then the more I, I started seeing that, like we're there's so much that happens mentally. We're at a real mental health 
crisis in the world. And, and I think things like, uh, you know, escapism has always been a wonderful thing in movies and film and all that. And that's amazing to help somebody see a, a world or see a different world uh, rather when their own is so bad. And for me growing up as a kid and with a single mom and, and all the things I had going on in, in that life, to be able to escape to sci-fi and fantasy was, I, I don't know if I'd be here if I didn't have that. But mm -hmm. when I discovered role-playing games and the ability to connect with your friends, especially through tragedy or pandemics or, you know, political strife, everything crashing down in the world, to be able to get on, uh, drink a few beers, tell a stupid story with your friends and laugh, yeah. whole, that is like a whole nother world. And, and to be able to manufacture that stories or the tools that help people tell their own stories you're absolutely right doug that there's no more fulfilling job than to be able to yeah. do that and very lucky and, and fun and, is the best coping mechanism you can have i think absolutely. no for sure and it, and it's hard because you know you you connect with people and you don't always see that there's that connection happening until you're actually like that that's one reason why i love doing conventions yeah. Because I like to like to go out there and like getting feedback from people like actually face to face, and then they're like, oh yeah, you know what? There are people that are consuming my content. There are people that are playing games that I've suggested, or, or if, yeah. and they'll come up to me and they'll be like, oh, I, I you know, I listen to your podcast, or I listen to what, it, what uh, you know, I tune in. I mean, heck, Hungry Ewok was here, you know. Uh, I was at PAX West and Hungry Ewok came in and, and, and isn't that so cool? Like <laughs> the, the guy first thing in the morning, like that was the first, he made a like, beeline for where I was at. And like, yeah. and, you're that guy like, from that thing. Like, yeah. I'm like, Oh my God. And like, he even says, he's like, be careful. He's a hugger. Like that's what he told, <laughs> told Jason. I'm like, yeah, I do. I'm like, when someone's like, like when I appreciate somebody, like, I, I want to let them know that I appreciate sure. them. And like, if you because, have if you have those dice in your pocket, you can hug me all yeah, no, you no, no. <laughs> But like, but like, <laughs> my God, Say I, can't take, I can't tell you, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna be stuck in a ten by ten booth with me for three know, days, Doug. You I better know, learn how I to know. take me. I'm already dreading it. I'm already <laughs> oh dreading my it. God. But like, but like, it's just like you know, it's like, oh my God, like. Those days when you're thinking like, oh man, like why am I doing this? What are? It's those interactions that you go, okay, this is why I'm doing it. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And that and that's that's what you know. If you ever get to that point where you're like, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hire the con crew to go do that for us. Um, I it's so much work, um, and we've talked about this before. But I don't ever want to not be in my booth, whether it's a ten by ten or a twenty by twenty. Um, I don't ever want to not be in my booth talking to uh, people that are excited about our product, who are excited to meet us, because that is that is the the fuel that carries you on to right. go do everything totally. else. Exactly, and I, it's I a lot it. of work too. <laughs> it, it is, it yeah. is. But you know, and, and it's so funny to me that like, and of course, we're going we're we're going way over time now, and I apologize. <laughs> but like, your end times like, mean nothing to us. <laughs> I love it when people like be like, "Oh, aren't you like totally worn down after a convention?" I'm like, not not usually. That 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 motivates me. Like that makes yeah. me go, "Oh, you know what? Like, let's." It's just it gives me more ideas, and like it, like you actually get firsthand like interaction with your community, and it just yeah. gives you like, "Oh, okay, yeah, oh." So-and-so talked about this. Oh, mm -hmm. I wonder if like everybody else is is on board with. Like, I don't know it. I, 
I love I love conventions. I love community building. I love you know, connecting with people. And yeah, I, I so I totally get the whole making content and not sure if it uh, if it connects on some <laughs> yeah. days or or you just you you work on something and it doesn't go right and you like delete a whole bunch of files and you're like oh crap I just spent right. the whole day and it didn't or you, you know, forget like, to play intros or outros or right. countdowns <laughs> anyway. It's a thing, man. We, we we out here, and and I think yeah. sometimes we think we struggle alone in the void, and it's nice to to know that that it's something that we're all kind of going through, yeah, you know. Absolutely, is. yeah. Absolutely. Well, you guys have B as a community manager, so you're good. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. If you ever have a bad day, book a meeting you, with B. You, like, yeah, you can't yeah. possibly not be excited about something with her. Around. That's just not happening. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> B's awesome. Yeah. All right. Now we're gonna call it a show. Closing sure. remarks. Where, where would you like people to go? <gasps> Closing me... remarks. I could go fifty well, minutes on that. No, not not for Jason. I'm going to mute what? Jason. Um, <laughs> Chris Asher, where would you like people to go? Where, where can they follow you online? Where can they get more alchemy content? Let, just uh, I send people to Asher, and then Asher sure. sends people to where they need to. Yeah, go. exactly. You can just DM me directly on it on Discord. My DMs are open. Uh, that's what Chris tells everybody anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I just literally just at Asher. <laughs> he, he does. He does. Uh, okay. Yeah. So you can find us. Um, we have a public Discord. You can search on Discord, uh, discord.gg slash alchemyrpg. Um, all of us uh, here at Alchemy are there all of the time. Uh, you can also find us alchemyrpg.com. You can find us um, on our Kickstarter. It's Lore of Athera Dark Symmetry. Twitter at alchemyrpg. Instagram at underscore alchemyrpg. <laughs> oh, because somebody else had it. Yeah, yeah. Some human who has literally never posted and has is following four people has it. Regis uh, registered a name just because it was cool. That's fun. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and you can find us pretty much on all other socials at Alchemy RPG. Um, yeah, come come bother us. Come talk to us. Um, support the Kickstarter. Don't support the Kickstarter. Uh, you know, that's your prerogative. Would love if you did. Um, but if you want to come hang out with us and chat, um, Alchemy RPG, the platform is totally free. So, um, you know, come check it out. It's a, it's a solidly active Discord, actually. It's not, yeah, it's not yeah, too it's overwhelming. Good. Like, there's lots of times I'll come home from work and I'm just clicking through topics and I'm like, there's only like five or six, but they're bustling topics, so it's you're not like, holy cow, there's 74 yeah. unread things. It's a good yeah. point, because like, I, I love the I love the constant activity level now. We, now it's things we don't we don't have to push everything. There's just things sure. happening. Mm-hmm. But I, I've been on those discords where you can't keep up with it. And no, it's impossible. You you literally spend all day just catching up on a yeah. topic. And then you have an opinion. And you're like, well, this was like 12 hours ago. I guess right. I probably shouldn't say anything. And of course, I want our discord to do that. But also, yeah. I don't. <laughs> you, yeah, you do and you don't. You want the content, but you don't want it to be so overwhelming that people yeah. take one look at it and say, oh, God, I can't even get right. in here. Yeah. yeah, totally. All right, folks. You've got some homework to do. If you watched all this far, thank you so much. I'd appreciate it if you hit the like button down below. Share this with friends uh, because, like I said, the Alchemy team are doing some really cool stuff. Uh, I think you'll see both me and them at the Gamehole Con in Madison, Wisconsin uh, later on this year. So, uh, And probably PAX Unplugged. I didn't even ask if you were coming oh, yeah. to PAX Unplugged. So yep. uh, definitely, uh, definitely look uh, for them there. Um, and uh, we'll be glad to uh, chat with you in, in person and, and – uh, appreciate tell you how much we appreciate you being part of our community so all right that's going to do it this has been victory condition gaming because winning shouldn't be the only victory condition when you get to the table
we'll see you next time. Bye now. Love you guys. Thanks so much for watching this video. Uh, if you would be so kind, make sure you hit that like, comment, and subscribe, all the YouTube jazz that we're supposed to do here. Uh, it really is greatly appreciated. And if you'd like to support us more, uh, you can uh, check us out on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com backslash Gaming. have all sorts of Patreon perks, and it definitely helps support our show. Thank you so much.